Did you turn to Matthew 1 and Luke 1? If you did, say, I did. Amen. Today I want to talk to you just for a little bit about the first Christmas communique. Everyone say communique. There was some communication came on that first Christmas and some communication that came in preparation for that first Christmas, all of which involved angels. And I'm not talking about any of you. I'm talking about real bona fide angels. Angel Gabriel, angels came. And I I was thinking about this uh, this week, and I I thought, you know, when God uh, decided it was time for his plan to be realized over 2,000 years ago on that first Christmas morning, he could not trust the communique to just anybody. He couldn't have just moved upon some dude uh, down at the in Bethlehem somewhere to just kind of put it in the newspaper or post it on the internet. He had to involve an angelic uh, declaration, a, a communique from from heaven. And so I love. We're going to look a little bit at at Joseph and Mary and the shepherds and realize that at every point the angel came to communicate some uh, some key elements about that. First Christmas morning that you and I can embrace in our hearts. So with that in mind, let's pray together and let's ask the Lord to speak to us today. And at the close of this service, we're going to rally together with, uh, with our, with our candle and remember why he came as the light of the world. But let's pray. Father, thank you today for the word of God. We thank you for the coming of the Christ. Lord, that you came, Lord, to uh, save us from our sins. We bless you, and we appreciate so much your word today. Speak. I want everyone to pray this prayer. Speak to me, Lord, for your servant is listening. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You know, when I think of the declaration of the angels of God, I love, uh, you know, Joseph and Mary and then the shepherds. They're just such a phenomenal. In fact, Luke, if we had time, Luke, the physician, he gave the most detailed account of the coming of the Christ of any of the gospels. Mark, pardon me, Matthew and Luke, but Luke really, he went into great detail as any doctor would into the declaration of the coming of Christ. And by the way, he would have had to got a lot of this information, not just from the Holy Spirit, but from Mary herself. And most theologians believe that the Dr. Luke actually interviewed Mary and got the details uh, of that uh, uh, first Christmas morning. So with that in mind, let me just jump in here. I want to talk to you about that angelic announcement uh, to Mary. Uh, firstly, you realize this, to Mary, that angelic announcement was one of great favor. She was highly favored. Let's look at it right here in chapter 1, verse 26. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, everyone say Gabriel, was sent by God to a city of Galilee named what? Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was, somebody say it, Joseph, of the house of what? The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found, somebody say it, 
favor with God. I just love, I could just stop right there. We could just go, man, what great favor Mary had and how God desires to favor all of us and speak to us and birth things within us. But, but that, that first angelic declaration to Mary and, and if I put it in order, it was probably her and then we'll go back and then probably Joseph. And then of course we know after the birth of the Lord, it was the shepherds. But the angel said, rejoice highly favored one. How many of you want some of the favor of God in your life? I believe Christmas ought to be a time of favor upon our lives where God can favor us in greater measure and we can believe God for the favor of God. So she was favored from God uh, by God. And if you study her life, you can maybe learn some things. And we've talked about it in Christmas's past about how God and why God chose Mary. Sometimes we, as, as people who don't have limited understanding, we we look at people who are favored and we go, I don't understand why they're favored. Well, sometimes as T.D. Jake says, sometimes favor is just not fair. It's just not fair. You look at how God favors some people, that's just not fair. We don't know what's going on behind closed doors. But when you study Mary, you'll discover she was a woman of great faith. When this angel spoke to her, she wasn't troubled at the fact that the angel visited her. She was troubled by what he said. Almost like angelic visitations were kind of commonplace for her. She was troubled at what he said. She couldn't wrap her head around what she what he said about her. But he said, you have found favor with with God. Amen. And I love, I love the fact that it says, and as we all know, she was a virgin. Now, just pause, let me pause. And if I wanted to do this a couple of Sundays ago, but all the prophetic Old Testament passages about the coming of the Christ, uh, one is this in Isaiah seven fourteen says the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. How many of you know that was written uh, a few years before Mary had this visitation? And it's so interesting to me how when you look at these three declarations, they are all backed up by Old Testament prophecy. And so Mary undoubtedly had some understanding of Old Testament prophecy and understanding of the coming of the Christ, any little good Jewish girl did. They knew, they were waiting for the promised Messiah and they knew he would come by way of a virgin and, and they knew he would be uh, the savior of the world. And so here this angel is saying, you're the one. Now that's some favor right there. So for her, that first angelic announcement was one of great favor. And she began to realize God has chosen me. Oh, and if you have time later, go, uh, go, just going back where uh, a few months later, her and Martha, uh, meet up together and they began to, uh, dis- and she begins to sing about the favor of God on her life in the next chapter or, or even in this chapter. Take a little time, uh, this week and, and just see how she embraced the favor of God in her life. So that angelic announcement for Mary was one of great favor. Number two, it was one of, of the greatness of God. She declared, uh, or the angel declared that in Luke uh, verse 1, verse 32, he will be great. Everyone say, he will be great. The angel said, he will be great. And will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. What a statement. 
His name will be great. Everyone say his name will be great. That word great, I love it. I'm going to give it, you know, we use that term loosely. Somebody, I mean, just think about your world. Somebody says something, you go, man, that's great, man. Kind of a flippant kind of thought. Hey, man, I got a raise. Well, that's great, man. Good to hear. This is not that word. This word, maybe this will help you. It's mega. His name and his life, he will be mega. Now, does that help you just a little bit? I mean, just when you think of something great, when you think of something phenomenal, when you whatever adjective you want to give him, uh, the angel said his name and his life and his person, he will be mega. It means very large or huge. And when you read the context, I'll put it this way. The angel said this, he'll be large and in charge. When he comes, he's going to be bigger than life. People may miss him, but his, he will be mega. Believe me, Mary, even though, and, and I'm going to put my commentary, even though he'll be born in a little manger, in a little insignificant seeming spot where uh, heaven will realize what's going on here, and he will be great. He'll be large, and he'll be in charge, and of his kingdom, there will be no end. You see that first angelic announcement laid it out pretty clear for Mary that she was favored of God, that the son, her son, would be great. In fact, the angel said, I I miss these two, verse 30. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name, everyone say it, Jesus. And we know from Scripture that that means Savior. And then when he, when God, when the angel made this declaration of favor and greatness about her, she, she, she basically said, uh, I have a question. I, I, I kind of get what you're saying, but how can this be? Because I am a virgin. She said, the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit. She said, uh, how can this be since I don't know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And he goes on and he tells about Elizabeth. I said it was Martha. It's Elizabeth. Uh, and then when she, when it gets to this point where the angel said, for with God, nothing will be impossible. And Mary said in verse 38, behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Lord, let it be unto me according to your word. Boom. Everybody go boom shakalaka. Now, I don't know the whole story here, but there's the account. But here's what I believe. When she said, be it unto me according to your word, I believe, this is what I believe. I believe when she said those words of faith, that immediately the Holy Spirit went, pow. And she was conceived of the Holy Spirit because of her faith. What a woman of God. And so when God looked down to declare the coming of the Christ, he chose a little Mary. Some people believe a teenager still, but she was great with faith. Now to Joseph, if you go back to Matthew 1, I thought about Joseph and and the Bible says he was a devout man. He was a just man in verse 19. He, he also had great character. And, and listen, if you have time, I just, I, there's so many ways I could have gone. Uh, man, Mary and Joseph had it going on. They just didn't, they, they were godly people. 
They loved God. It says about Joseph in verse 19, he was a just man. But for Joseph, the angelic declaration, by the way, uh, I don't know what this says. Uh, it, when you go to Mary, it just, it seems as though the angel just shows up and she's interacting with an angel. Joseph had to be put to sleep. In order. I don't know what that says about us guys, <laughs> but, but Joseph had to have a dream about this. I don't know. I don't know if God looked down and said, I just better approach him a little differently. Uh, and when you consider his concerns, it says in verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ. This is Mary, uh, pardon me, Mary chapter one. It's Matthew chapter one. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found a child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, "He's let's get the picture, Joseph. Joseph's trying to wrap his head around this. My wife says... She's conceived of the Holy Ghost. Never heard of that before. Now, the Bible says that's going to happen, and he's pondering. And it says when he thought about these things, and that word talks about he's not reacting. Listen carefully. You find Joseph not reacting to this situation, but responding rightly. Listen, let me just pause. You want to put the pause button here? Hey, you need God to clear some things up in your life. The last two Sundays, we talked about Christmas Kavu. Everyone say Kavu. I can't go there. You have to get the, you have to go online and read about Kavu, uh, and, and understand that God wants to give us, I bet Robert knows what Kavu is. And if you're a pilot, you ought to know. It means, uh, something about the conditions and the, say it out loud. The ceiling and visibility unlimited. It's, it came, really, I got the inspiration from G George H.W. Bush. He lived his life with a desire to have kavu in his life. And so we talked about that. But here's Joseph. He needed some kavu. We talked about him getting some kavu, and he's pondering these things in his heart. He's not reacting. He's responding rightly. He's a just man. He's trying to figure this out. And he's thinking and pondering about it. Listen, it's called meditation. Psalm 1 says we ought to meditate on the law of the Lord and delight in Him. And as he's meditating, he falls asleep and a dream happens. It says this, but while he thought about these things, verse 20, Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David. Everyone say, son of David. That's important. Do not be afraid to take you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And then, though he's in a dream, I can just say, well, that's what she said. And she will bring forth a son and will call his name, everyone say it, Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph being aroused from sleep, did as the angel commanded him and he took him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name, say it, Jesus. And so to Joseph, this angelic announcement was one of great comfort. 
God knew Joseph needed revelation and understanding, and the reality is he needs some comfort in knowing that God is in charge. And so for him, it comforted him, brought clarity to his life and peace in the middle of a question mark of life. Listen, hey, you got some question marks, you got some insecurities, you got some issues that you need God to sort out in your life. Listen, the Christ of Christmas can bring you, hey, great comfort. If you'll just ponder and think and pray and ask, amen. Now to the shepherds. Oh, and I love, go back to Luke. I love these guys. I wish, I, and, and I suppose I'll meet them one day in, in heaven. But God chose not only Joseph and Mary, two seemingly insignificant players in this picture, though God had a plan, and he was of the son, he was a son of David, we'll talk about that. But now we find in chapter two, when Jesus is born, in verse eight, the shepherds, it says, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields. They're, they're kind of nomadic, if you will, gypsy kind of guys. They're just, they're living out in the fields. Just common people. How many of you know Jesus came to reveal himself not only to the kings and priests, but to the common folk? Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, everyone's saying, behold. I love this. Put yourself there. An angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And what happened? They were greatly afraid. A little different than Mary, by the way. They were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Here's this angelic uh, communique. Uh, the angel communicated, Gabriel communicated to Mary. The angel through a dream communicated to Joseph. And now to these shepherds after Jesus is born, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. See, this angelic announcement to these shepherds was one of great global joy. Because look what it says. It says good tidings of great joy, let's keep it going, which will be to how many people? All people. Look at your neighbor and say, that means you. Tell somebody, that means you. Hey, this coming of the Christ, these shepherds got something that was not just for them. It's for all people. I love what the angel said, though. The angel said, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. And then I love verse 11, for there is born to you. See, this angel made it personal. It's personal about us, but it's also for the whole world. God loves the whole world. And this coming of the Christ was not just for me, myself, and I. It was for the whole world. In fact, what did the angels go on to say? This will be the sign. Oh, let me back up to verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, there he is again, who is Christ the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts at praising God and saying, now, in a moment, uh, we're going to sing Silent Night, and that's very, I love one, Silent Night, but how many of you know that first Christmas uh, night was not such a silent night? For these shepherds, a multitude of heavenly hosts, I love this, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, 
and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. It was a declaration of global joy. And as the Bible describes God's kind of joy, it's a joy unspeakable and full of glory. And it goes on to say about these shepherds, so it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds stood to one another, see, uh, uh, pardon me, the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, not that we think has come to pass, that has come to pass. They believed what the angels said. They believed the declaration of God. Listen, that's where it becomes real for you and me. That's what, uh, that's what, uh, Mary did. That's what Joseph did. That's what the shepherds did. They all heard the word of the Lord, and they all said, so be it to the word of God. And that's where life begins to take place in us as well. And they said, let us go see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, now catch this, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. I asked Beverly this, this morning, we, we think it's very possible that the little shepherds, the insignificant, the just the normal everyday Joes in Bethlehem became the first evangelists to the world. They made widely known. Everyone say widely known. And so to them, it was a message of great global joy. This, this Christ has come to save the world from their sins. To Mary, it was an announcement of great favor and one of the announcement of the greatness of the Son of God in her life. To Joseph, it was an announcement of great comfort and peace and direction in his life. And for the shepherds, it was an announcement of great global joy uh, that the whole world now has an, an inroad to salvation through the coming of the Christ. Now to us, to the world, that's us. Those three Christmas communiques from heaven. A communique is an official announcement, by the way. There was an official announcement from heaven by Gabriel to Mary. There was an official announcement from heaven by the angel of the Lord to Joseph. And there was an official announcement by the angel to the shepherds uh, declaring the coming and the coming of the Christ. And how does that apply to us quickly? Those first... Christmas communiques are announcements and messages, number one, of redemption and forgiveness for our sins. Matthew one twenty one. when you go back to Joseph, the angel said, his name shall be called Jesus because he will save the people from their sins. How many of you know we were all born in sin? Did anybody have to learn how to sin? And even though Rhett right now, if we were good, we would believe that Rhett is under the, under the grace of God. He has yet to come as we call the age of accountability. But uh, these, uh, all my grandkids, they're wonderful kids. But you know what I've learned about all of them as well as I've learned about me and, and their parents? They're all natural born sinners. They are. 
And we as parents have to point them to the coming, to the Christ. In fact, our grandkids have all begun to realize they need Jesus in their heart. And, and they've, and many of them, and as they, uh, jo, uh, uh, Josiah just recently, uh, with his dad asked Jesus to come and live in his heart. And he realizes that Jesus came to save the people from their sins. Amen. The angel told Mary, Luke 2, for there is born, or pardon me, to the, to the shepherds, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. He came to save us. In fact, if you want to fast forward in Luke chapter 2, when now Mary and Joseph are, are bringing Jesus into the temple, there was a prophetess there. Her name was Anna in verse 36, it says of chapter 2. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter, the daughter of, uh, I think I can say, Fanuel of the tribe of Asher, she was of great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave things to the Lord and spoke of him, speaking of Jesus, to all who looked for the redemption in Jerusalem. You see, good Jewish folk were looking for a redeemer. And when she saw the babe, she knew that's the one. He came to redeem us for our sins, for the whole world. The coming of Christ, that first Christmas morning, the communication from heaven was one of redemption and forgiveness. Number two, we can embrace this thought about these communications from heaven, these three great angelic declarations of the coming of the Christ, uh, and we can understand that it's a message of God's prophetic plan unfolding before us and embrace the reality that God has a plan. Everybody say, God has a plan. Amen. He really does. Thank you so much. I hate, uh, uh, maybe, maybe, what's your name, Taylor? It's my grandkid. With every glass of water comes a kiss. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Taylor. And whoever's hiding back there in the communications network, hit number the next slide here because I want to talk about God's prophetic plan unfolding. Listen. Every time, you, you look at this later, you look at these declarations, you read these in detail, and you know what every one of them come with? An Old Testament prophecy to validate what the angels are saying. God was clear. He wanted to make this clear as crystal. He wanted them and us to understand that, hey, the history, hey, this is not a history book. I say it all the time. It's not a history of the Jews. Uh, There is that there. This whole book from the beginning to the end, did you know what it is? Everybody say, did you know what it is? Come on now. What is this book? It's not just a history book. It's catch this. Don't ever forget this. It's all his story. It's the story of him. Amen. Hey, go to the end of the book in Revelation. Revelation. Uh, what's it a revelation? We read Revelation. We think it's a revelation of the end times. When we can see the fire and the, and the judgments. Are re- it's about the end times. Read the first few verses. It says it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. It's all about him. It's his story. 
And so we look at the coming of the Christ and you read the old and you look at the new and you realize, man, this is God's prophetic plan unfolding. In fact, you go all the way back to David. Everybody remember David, little shepherd boy? You, you, you remember the story of David and how God lifted him up and, and God chose him out of his, his brothers. He was the littlest. He was the, uh, the most insignificant of the bunch. And Samuel, uh, you know, was trying to anoint the king, anoint the king. And, and finally his dad said, uh, Jesse, he said, well, I got one more kid, but he's out watching the sheep. He's kind of young and he's still a little, he's probably he's still got pimples. This kid is, I mean, you got, well, bring him here. And the prophet Samuel said, that's him. He's the chosen one. And from the line of David comes who? Do you remember what we read about Joseph? He's of the house of who? David, I'm telling you, in fact, if you go all the way back to 2 Samuel chapter 7, Nathan prophesies to David, and he says, you need to understand something about your children. I'm going to tell you something about your kids, David. Listen, their kingdom, the, the seed from your, the, their kingdom will never end. It will go on forever. And that's why God chose Joseph. He was of the house of David. And what did the angels say in two places? His kingdom will never end. And so what I want you and I to embrace here today, this is not some little Christmas message story. Oh, it's Christmas time. Woo-hoo. No, it's prophecy being fulfilled that came to pass. And I love Isaiah 7. Isaiah 7, in fact, uh, uh, Matthew recorded it for Joseph's sake. Uh, uh, hey, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name will be called Emmanuel. That is God with us. And throughout Scripture, all throughout Matthew, Matthew 1, 2, and and Luke, it's all about God's prophetic plan coming into play. And you and I need to realize something. We're living in the greatest days on planet Earth. Listen, Jesus Christ has come, and now we are His church, and He has a prophetic plan that is still in the process of unfolding, and we have the joy and the benefit of being a part of it. Amen? It's not accident that we're here today. It was all apart. And so that first declaration, especially when the angel said to the shepherds, this is not only for you, it's for the whole world. It's for the, those who have yet to be born. It's for you and it's for your children and your children's children, your children's children, children, the coming of the Christ. And so for the world, that's that first Christmas communique from these angels it brought to us the message of redemption and forgiveness. It brought to us the, the, the reality of God's prophetic plan unfolding for not only them then and there, but for us. And number three, just so we can bring it to a place of personal application for us, it's a, it's a message of faith and confidence of what it takes for all of us to be able to get to the place where we can experience what Christ came to do in the first place. You see, Joseph chose to trust the angelic declaration. Mary chose to trust the angelic declaration and said, Be it unto me according to your word. The shepherds trusted what the angels said to them. And and and, and what had been said to all three of them was backed up by God's uh, written word. And so who's talking here? It's God speaking. They all chose to trust. Listen, on this, on this Christmas Sunday, on this Christmas week, uh, understand something about you and me. It's about choosing to trust Him. 
to trust that he came to favor us, to trust that he came in all his greatness, to be large and in charge in our life, to be the Lord and the leader of our lives, to redeem us and forgive us, to plug us into God's purpose and plan for our life, it takes that same kind of faith. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, that's you and me, believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. His name shall be called Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. That's why he came. And so today we need to embrace in a very personal way that the Christ of Christmas came and we've got to choose to trust him. We can trust his word. I trust what, is, what the Bible says. I trust his ways in my life. I trust his will and not my will. I choose to trust. I used to sing when I was a kid, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to rest upon his promise. Are you with me this morning? Amen. I'm going to ask my wife to come and join me this morning. I want us to take our candles out. And what I want us to do here in just a moment, we're going to stand together. And I'm, come on up here, babe. A small representation. In fact, you remember Isaiah 9? The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. For unto us is born this day in the city of David, a Savior. He, and what did he say? I am the what? The light of the world. And so today as the lights are dimmed, let's pause for a moment. And let's ask the Lord of glory to make himself known in our lives. Ike, if you could begin to dim the lights today. We just celebrate the coming of the light of the world. And so, Father, today, let's stand up together, by the way. Father, today, as that one light came and shined in all of our lives, it began to spread, and it spread not only through Jesus, but it spread through those that he shared his love with. It, sh it spread to the shepherds. And as the light is, is the light of God is, and the candle is lit and you pass it on, you think about those shepherds who shared widely, declared widely what the angels had declared to them. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. We worship you. Lift up your voices in however way you so desire. 
We're going to sing a cappella silent night. We have a video as everyone's light. Father, we thank you for the light of God lifted up. Say thank you, Lord. We thank you for the light in our life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. We worship you today. We give you glory. Amen. Silent night. Holy night. All is calm. All is bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child. Holy infant, so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. Father, we thank you for the peace of God. And as the angels declared to the shepherds, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Today we celebrate the peace of God in our hearts that you bring to us through your life, death, and resurrection. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. All right, now this is all, this is not the symbolic part right here. As the lights come up, this is not symbolic. This is just what you do to keep from burning the house down. You gotta blow your blind out. Okay, there you go. Amen. Now, I don't know what time it is, but we're gonna do something. I want all the kids to come with your, with your parents, uh, car keys. Don't panic, parents. All right, all right, car keys. All of them come to the front. And do we have a, hey, do we have, is this by way of, oh, jingle bells? Do we have jingle bells back there? Come on, kids, bring the car keys. Everybody, if you don't have car keys, just come. All right. If you need, hey, if you need car keys, just look at a stranger and say, give me them keys. Give me them keys. All right. Now, these are jingle bells. Come on, kids. Come on, kids. Now, let me hear all the jingle bells. All right. Uh, and Stacy, there we go. All right. We have that available. Let's do it. And let's play those jingle bells. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, we don't have any sound. That don't help without sound. Oh, wait a second. Wait. We got to have sound. We got to have sound. Let's keep. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oops. Oh, what fun it is to want horse. Here we go. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. What fun it is to... Follow it. 
left open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. The fields we go. Laughing all the way, ha, 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 bells on bobtails ring, <laughs> making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a slant. Come on, kids. Oh, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, jingle. You got to sing too, kids. Jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, give the kids a big hand. Let me hear those jingle bells. All right, let me, before you go, kids, any of your keys fit Alexis? If so, I'll take those keys. No, I'm joking. All right. God bless the kids. Let's give them a big hand. God bless each of you. You did great. And I hope you get your car keys back. Amen. Whoo. There you go. Amen. Now, one more thing we're going to do before we leave. We're going to confirm the miraculous ministry of Jesus through our lives because all of us are ambassadors for Christ this next week. We're going to be with family and friends. Let me, let's do something else. Man, you don't have to raise your hand. How many of you, when you look to being with family and friends, you think, okay, this is going to be a challenge. Okay, I understand. I got it. I, I know. It's a, I got it. We are the light of the world. And so today, let's pray that the light of Christ would come through us and, and, the, and the light of Christ would be made manifest to our family and friends. Father, today... We thank you for the miraculous ministry of Jesus moving through our lives to a world that so desperately needs you. Lord, our family needs you. Our friends need you. May we show forth the light of God in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Now turn around and wish about 10 people Merry Christmas. And we'll, and y'all be here next Sunday now. Next Sunday, you be right back here. Merry Christmas. And we'll see you. Uh, Hey, it'll be New Year's. I'll see you in the new year. God bless.